Chapter Twenty One of Old Friends and New Fancies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Selma Yasser. Old Friends and New Fancies, an imaginary sequel to the novels of Jane Austen by Sibel G. Brinton. Chapter Twenty One. In the gloom of the following morning, at an hour which seemed exceptionally cheerless by reason of the mist and fine rain which prevailed, Mr. Bingley's chaise drove round to the front entrance of Pemberley. Kitty, who after a night of weeping and wretchedness had fallen into a doze, was aroused by the sound of movements and voices, but when she peeped through her curtains she was too late for anything but a heart-rending glimpse of the skirts of William Price's great coat as he stepped into the carriage. The door was shut, Darcy and Fitzwilliam waved their farewells, and the horses moved off at a brisk trot. Kitty watched and listened to them as long as she could, and then flung herself on her bed in a paroxysm of grief. Though William's avoidance of her during the latter part of the previous evening, his strange altered looks and his embarrassed way of saying good-night had undermined her hopes to such an extent that she had been all night facing the terrible desolation caused by the thought, if he does not care for me after all. Yet she had not actually given all up in despair until the moment of hearing him leave the house. Some note, some message, might have arrived, might still arrive, but since parting from him, Kitty had not been able to quote the horrible fear that all was over. The indications which had been so favourable had completely changed since Mrs. Jennings had uttered her foolish remark. In vain had she tried to reinstate her old relations with William Price. What could it all mean? Each time she put this question to herself, she gave away afresh to unrestrained tears, and weakened by fatigue and emotion, was totally incapable of following out any train of thought or conjecture. She had longed to hasten to Georgiana the night before, to pour out her heart in an appeal for the support which Georgiana had never failed to give. But Elizabeth had checked her in this intention and poor Kitty, unable to bear pain alone with any degree of courage, had worked herself into a deplorable condition by the time her sister arrived at her door in the morning. Elizabeth and Jane had naturally both surmised something of the state of things as regarded Kitty. It was not difficult for anyone acquainted with the previous development of the affair to perceive that William Price had not fulfilled the expectations which had been formed of him and Elizabeth accounted for Georgiana's evident unhappiness by concluding that she had become aware that this would be the case. William Price had looked much as usual, up to the last, but Elizabeth suspected that there had been some elucidation, either between him and Georgiana, or through Mrs. Jennings, and she hardly knew how much to blame him. There was no time to talk matters over with Jane, for she felt as soon as she was up that her immediate visit must be to the chief sufferer, to comfort and sustain her, and if possible, to shield her from the consequences of her own error. Kitty would not admit her at first, but when at length Elizabeth persuaded her to do so, she was distressed to see what ravages the shock of disappointment and the hours of weeping had wrought. 
Kitty's tears broke out anew, but the sense of Elizabeth's affection and companionship somewhat soothed her, and when she could speak more coherently, she begged to see Georgiana, who could perhaps tell her things, who would be able to explain. This Elizabeth could not permit, for she saw that Kitty was in no fit state to talk over her troubles, but she promised her an early opportunity of doing so, and having induced her to swallow some food and a cordial, she soon had the satisfaction of seeing her fall asleep. These precautionary measures were fully justified in the course of the next forty-eight hours, during which time Kitty remained really ill, attacks of strong hysteria alternating with weakness of extreme exhaustion. Every care was lavished on her by her two sisters, by Georgiana and by Elizabeth's maids. But naturally anything like rational discussion on the cause of her illness was out of the question. And indeed, Kitty herself, after once asking if Mr. Price had left any message for her, or spoken of returning at some future time, and receiving a negative answer, seemed, after giving way to a torrent of tears, unable or unwilling to puzzle matters out any farther. Georgiana didn't escape the inquiries and speculations of Elizabeth and Jane when she descended from her room the morning after the ball at an hour a little later than the usual one to take her place in the family circle she had regained complete control of herself and declared herself entirely refreshed and beyond the little heaviness of the eyes and paleness of cheeks naturally attributable to the fatigues of the last two days there was nothing in her aspect to cause remark no one guessed at the sense of guilt which filled her heart when she saw what grief and disappointment had done for Kitty, or at the deep compunction and almost unendurable self-reproach which assailed her when the others discussed his strange defection, and professed themselves unable to account for the curious change in the attitude towards Kitty, a change which several people had noticed the last hour of the poem. Elizabeth and Jane asked her if she was at all prepared for it, whether anything had occurred to make her suspect that Mr. Price would not propose marriage to Kitty after all. These questions were a hard trial to Georgiana, for she could not bear to be other than straightforward, and for a multitude of reasons she could not divulge the true explanation. She could only say in a low, troubled voice, and with as few words as possible, that she had learned in the course of the evening that their expectations were mistaken ones, and that she feared Kitty would take it very much to heart. Seeing her unhappiness on her friend's behalf, the two ladies forbore to tease her with farther inquiries, though Jane still felt that Georgiana could have thrown more light on the mystery had she cared and in her hearing continually lamented the failure of everything for poor Kitty, who had fallen, as it were, between two stools, the regrettable ending to all this pleasant time, and the fickleness of young men, or, rather, the unfortunate complications that arose through their not knowing their own minds. Georgiana had to listen to this in silence, though conscious that the last was not an accusation that could fairly be brought against william price and elizabeth's more rational way of accounting for things was not much better when she said that she didn't think mr price guilty of more than thoughtlessness but it was certainly a pity that he had not been able to perceive earlier the extent of kitty's feeling for him as no doubt when he had at last become aware of it 
he realized what elizabeth had already surmised to be in his mind namely that his roving life didn't warrant him in thinking about matrimony at present georgiana thought she might venture to say here that william price had indeed expressed great sorrow to her in finding that he had been the cause of disappointment to kitty and she even went so far into the dangerous field of explanation as to add that he had had no suspicion of it until surprised by a chance word of raillery from mrs jennings she was pleased to see that this news partly rehabilitated him in the mind of elizabeth if not jane and for fear of betraying more than she owed she went away wondering why she should be glad for him not to be misjudged when she really ought to be only thinking of how wrongly he had behaved the hour of enlightenment for kitty could not be long postponed by the third day she was well enough to sit up in a large chair in her own room and on being visited by georgiana begged her to stay for a time and to fasten the door when assured of their freedom from interruption she seized her friend's hand made her sit close beside her and implored her to relate everything she could that would throw light on mr price's changed conduct and hasty departure georgiana nerved herself to reply but for the first few minutes kitty was talking and crying incessantly pouring out the pent-up grief of the last few days so that georgiana had great difficulty in calming her and dreaded the effect of the revelation about to be made dear kitty remonstrated georgiana you must not cry you must be more composed or elizabeth will not let me stay with you do try to be brave think whether it is right to give way so much you'll make yourself ill again you know anyone would be ill after what i've been through lamented kitty i shall never be happy again why does he not care for me did he tell you why not georgiana what have i done or what has mrs jennings done something must have happened to offend him for he changed all in one minute i do not believe anything happened to offend him kitty returned georgiana as he has gone away now and didn't do what he all thought he would do it is not best to assume that he does not care in the way we hoped for and try to forget about it and not mind too much dear kitty i'm deeply grieved for you it's been my fault more than anyone's and you're right to reproach me i can never forgive myself for having led you into the mistake but you're not answering me georgiana cried kitty with the petulance of an invalid of course i know he doesn't care and has gone away but i want to know why he has gone if it's not for anything i've done he might come back georgiana was silent and held her down she shrank still from telling kitty that he would not come back kitty began again impatiently it's foolish of you to talk about reproaching yourself it's not more your fault than anyone else's not so much as mrs jennings but if he spoke to you about it at all he must have said something have given some hint did he talk to you georgiana you have not told me that yet 
Georgiana gave up what hopes she had had of concealing from Kitty what would make that disappointment far more thorough and crushing, and as gently as possible managed to convey the fact of William's confession of attachment to herself. She was obliged to say it several times, and in language of unmistakable clearness, before Kitty could grasp her meaning, and even then, as she sat crouched on the ground, her face averted, and her cheeks burning with shame. Kitty, who had drawn her hand away, gazed at her in mingled horror and incredulity. In the course of these three days, the notion that Miss Kitty Bennet was not the object of William Price's preference had at length penetrated the mind of that young lady. But that her friend should be the chosen one was a thing altogether past comprehension and the first idea that occurred to her was that there must have been treachery to herself somewhere. Kitty's changes of mood lately had been punctuated by bursts of tears, and this was no exception to the rule, though they were now tears of mortification. Her first angry impulse was to pour out words of blame, accusing Georgiana of not being satisfied with the attentions of Mr. Bertram, but requiring those of his cousin too. Georgiana disdained to reply to such a taunt, but it needed all her patience, all her tenderness, to persuade Kitty out of her bitter frame of mind, and to endeavour to heal the wound to the poor girl's vanity, which had indeed all through been more deeply involved than her affections. Little though she realised it, combined with the love of importance and the encouragement given by her friends, it had carried her in a wave of excitement through the past months, and had helped to fix her hopes more firmly on William Price than any knowledge of his character, any real congeniality in their natures could have done. But she could not be aware of all this, and there was no immediate comprehension to make the disappointment less acute. It certainly was consoling to feel that everyone else must have been to blame, that everybody had been equally deceived that even Georgiana herself had been taken by surprise, and was now heaping upon herself the severest reproaches while she implored Kitty's forgiveness. Not, Kitty discerned in a puzzled way, for having received Mr. Price's proposals, but for having helped to foster the deception which had reacted so cruelly upon her friend. Above all, it would have been a relief, having discovered that Mr. Price must have acted atrociously, to say so, and the more Kitty thought of it, the more she resented his conduct. But Georgiana would not admit this. She would only allow that it was all utterly inexplicable, but that they could not judge fairly of Mr. Price, not being able to see his point of view, and that if that was clear to them, she was sure that he would be found to have acted honestly all the way through. Kitty immediately suspected that Georgiana had been warned round to the state point of view, and began to question her closely as to what had passed between them, but Georgiana indignantly repudiated the suggestion, and assured Kitty, in a manner that forbade further discussion, that she had decidedly refused Mr. Price, refused even to listen to him, and had not the slightest expectation of ever seeing or hearing from him again. She added that she had refrained from telling Elizabeth, or any of the others, about Mr. Price's offer, and thought it would be best if Kitty decided to do the same, 
to which, as she had expected, Kitty willingly agreed. Nothing, in fact, would have suited Kitty better in the circumstances than a compact of silence. At the end of their long conversation, when Georgiana left her, by far the more exhausted in spirits of the two, she had begun to have some of the sensations of an injured heroine, and it was much more satisfactory to consider herself badly treated, to have been jolted, to all intents and purposes, than if it came to be known that she had been all the time in love with the wrong man, in which case her position would be shorn by much of its dignity. Her sister's sympathy was very acceptable to her, and when Jane invited her to return with her to this bureau for a time, she gladly promised to do so, knowing that it would not at first be at all comfortable to remain with Georgiana, the one person who knew the whole story. It was therefore arranged that Jane and Miss Bingley should defer their journey for two days more, when it was hoped she would be quite equal to travelling with them. The only drawback to the plan, as far as she was concerned, was Miss Bingley's presence for another fortnight at this bureau. That lady had not troubled herself to make any conjectures with regard to William Price's departure, but frankly told Jane and Georgiana that it was exactly what she had expected. She, at least, had never been misled. She had never supposed Mr. Price to be in love with Miss Bennet or anyone else. She could not imagine why they had all persuaded themselves of it. Nothing was clearer than that he was a young man quite hot whole. Jane protested, but Georgiana made no comment, only begging her friend privately not to refer to the subject in Kitty's hearing. The day arrived. Mr. Bingley's carriage again drove to the door, and the three ladies took their seats in it. Kitty's farewell glance being given towards the spot where she had last seen William Price. With their going, the whole episode seemed to be finally closed, and Georgiana turned to re-enter the house and to take up the duties of a life which, in one short week, seemed to have been robbed of almost all its brightness. She had been making an unsuccessful struggle against low spirits ever since the ill-omened day of the ball and being unable to dismiss had tried hard to account for the strange sense of depression of loneliness and loss which assailed her continually it was not only sorrow for kitty's disappointment or regret for her own share in it nor was it the estrangement that had arisen between them no it was not a vision of kitty that so constantly obtruded itself upon her thoughts but of a very different person one whose ardent looks and words insisted on being remembered, whose voice she seemed to hear again pleading for what she dared not give. Every detail of their conversation in the gallery crowded upon Georgiana's memory. Once she had made her confession to Kitty and would admit these thoughts, they would not be denied, as she had denied him a hearing, but came back to her with a vivid clearness and an irresistible appeal. She remembered how he had described the beginnings and the growth of his attachment to her, and looking back over the course of their acquaintance, countless incidents stood out to verify all he had said. We no longer viewed through Kitty's illusions, every one of their meetings and conversations was seen in its true light, consolidating their friendship. 
giving each an insight into the other's character. Why was it such a joy, though an indescribably painful one, to recall these things, to live again through the moments spent in the gallery? Georgiana's heart answered her, and she felt that the answer must always have been there, though she had only just awakened to it. It was a joy, because everything connected with William Price must be a joy to her. Himself, his nobleness, his true worth, and the knowledge that he cared for her. But it was painful, but it was pain, because sweet though it was to hear what he had to tell her, it was a disloyalty to her friend to listen. The friend whose life had perhaps been spoiled by their mistake. How could she ever think of being happy as long as that friend suffered? For despite her grief, and the thought that she had lost him forever, that she had refused his love, and he would never know now that she loved him in return. Yet Georgiana felt that she could not have acted differently, even had she known at the moment he spoke what he was to her. She could not have been so traitorous as to take what Kitty longed for, from under her very eyes, and she was glad that Kitty didn't guess at the extent of the sacrifice. End of chapter 21